The Third Street Saints first came onto the scene way back in 2006. The series may have started as little more than an attempt to cash in on the immense success of Grand Theft Auto, but throughout its sequels, Saints Row developed its own crude and outlandish style. Now, 16 years after their first outing, the Saints are starting over. Has the series evolved over the last three console generations? Is it enough for Saints Row to come back as an industry staple? Is the game even fun? The answer to all these questions is no, but in this episode, we're getting into all the reasons why. I'm Jordan Walkup, and here to discuss all things Saints are my brothers. I'm Jason Simmons. And I'm Jackson Walkup. And now, let's get into it. So, I actually want to start this episode off a little bit different. I want to start by issuing a correction of sorts. So, in the last episode, the second half of our 50th episode special, I started off by saying that I like video games. Well, I spent the last two weeks playing Saints Row, and I've decided... That's probably not accurate. <laughs> I have in the past enjoyed a video game, but then Saints Row came along. And now I'm having trouble finding the joy in any parts of my life. <sighs> I also played Saints Row. Yep. <laughs> well, this game is something. I don't really know how to even talk about why it's disappointing without setting up why we liked the previous games or what our experiences with the previous games were, I guess. Uh, so, Jackson, you have not played any Saints Row game prior to this, have you? Nope. Gotcha. Did you really have, like, any connection with what Saints Row was? Like, did you... I mean, I I knew what it was. Like, I knew it... I, I in Like, it's not a game I really ever thought about or ever, like, thought about playing at all. But in the back of my mind, I always thought of it as the GTA knockoff. <laughs> Fair enough. I would Fair say enough. Saints Row 2 and 1 very much are GTA knockoffs. But then with Saints Row the 3rd, they kind of, I guess, jumped the shark. And a lot of the story was just about how famous the Saints were and how they were dealing with that. It definitely had a different sense of humor. But I mean, GTA is still a satirical game anyways. Like... Nothing I played of the original Saints Row felt distinctive at all. And I played maybe like five hours max of Saints Row 2 and didn't enjoy it at all. So like I was really skeptical going into 3, but yeah. that's when things turn around. With the first two games, I think that it was kind of trying to be deeper than Grand Theft Auto. At least in parts of like focusing more on what gang life is like. <laughs> And how the different gangs all interact with each other. And I, to a point, that was a major part of 3, and, and this one as well. But 3, you're kind of distracted by the fact that your bigger enemy <laughs> is like a globe... Like, in Saints Row 1 and 2, you're fighting other gangs. In Saints Row the 3rd, you're fighting like a James Bond villain. <laughs> With, like, yeah. a giant international crew that, like, the first mission involves you jumping out of a, a giant plane, like a cargo plane, with just billions of dollars of stolen cars and stuff like that falling out around you as well. 
Saints Row yeah. 4, you have superpowers. It's kind of yeah. hard to talk about Saints Row 4 in the context of anything else because there's not really a scale, or if there is, like, say, say you're looking at, like, a, a, a line chart or whatever of Saints Row. Like, the difference between 1 and 3 is pretty striking, but if you put 4 on that map, then it's nothing. <laughs> it's just, like, the series is, was growing exponentially both in terms of scale and detail and stakes they were just getting like weirder and wilder as they went so on one hand i can sort of understand what this game was meant to be this was meant to be the reset not just in terms of narrative but also putting it back to this is a story about fighting gangs and in some ways i think it handles scaling down well but it also doesn't put anything in its place to reflect that like this game the series wasn't great back when it was just gangs fighting and i think that can be sort of summed up as saintro is a reboot and it's sort of shooting for the roots of the series and it turned down two major aspects of saintro one being the crudeness, which I think was actually a good decision because the series had a sense of humor that wouldn't age super well. There was definitely some like sexist content. There was a lot of there was a lot of sexual innuendos and stuff, which I guess is like not inherently bad, but it was always in a way that there was like a victim of it in a weird way. Like the humor was always pointed at people or people in certain situations. So they, they scaled down that aspect of it. But they also scaled down the weirdness as well. You know, Saints Row 3, like you were talking about falling out of a plane and like you're you're in a fight with a plane that's or like inside of a plane that's actively crashing and you're like like jumping between cargo to avoid falling and you're in like a shootout with like 50 like secret service type guys and then you're robbing a bank and you're standing on top of a safe being carried by a helicopter and you're shooting a minigun off of the safe yeah and and the whole thing is that your gang is robbing the bank and you're in disguise as your own gang because that's how recognizable you are there are people like you're you're robbing the bank and there are people in the bank that are wanting to like pose with you for pictures and stuff because you're a criminal organization but you're also an icon and this strips away that aspect of it and just doesn't replace it with anything like that's gone and what's left is just the blandness of open world shooter situation <laughs> that was at the core of the Saints Row games yeah i personally felt like the biggest thing that made the old Saints Row game was just style they were always style over substance because there were some interesting parts of it Uh, stuff like the um i mean some of this is returning even but there's like the insurance fraud minigame which is pretty iconic to saints row where the idea is just you throw yourself in front of cars and try to take as much damage as possible in order to like rack up a giant insurance bill but for some reason, you're not actually injured because it's a video game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's in this game, but it's it's not as fun. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. work anymore. I think it's probably because I already did that 
10 years ago. <laughs> right. And and what it does, it does in a less interesting environment with some pretty busted mechanics. And the older games didn't feel great to play either, but they were also funny enough and quirky enough that you could forgive a lot of that stuff, where this game just doesn't have that. I don't think that the shooting mechanics in the old ones were better. I don't think, like... I, I don't really think any mechanic of the game was that much better in the old ones. I might have preferred driving in the old ones, but, you know, that's up in the air. But what kind of got you through it was just how ridiculous absolutely everything you were doing was. <laughs> like, everything was exploding around you. Both in the story and just in general. And everywhere yeah. you looked, there were the giant, and I, I need to emphasize this, purple explosions. Everything was purple and bright <laughs> neon lights. My type of game. And there was nothing under it, really. Nothing that really mattered. But it was in your face. You always knew that you were playing Saints Row. And I, I think a big part of that was because, especially with Grand Theft Auto 4, which I think was closer to, yeah, Saints Row 3 was more along the lines of when 4 came out, I think. Everything was gray. I mean, it was still ridiculous because it was a Grand Theft Auto game, but like everything around you was gray. The city was gray. <laughs> the sky was gray. The explosions were gray. There was a level of tedium in this style of game, even before Saints Row, that was already starting to set in. And part of that was coming from the fact that the environments were always the same. If you're shooting for moderately realistic, you can only do so much with the gunplay. And, you know, Saints Row fixed it by just throwing in that sense of style and that sense of humor. Grand Theft Auto fixed it by just getting better. Like, it improved itself mechanically and narratively, and it sort of adopted a new stance on, like, the world it's trying to parody. So it evolved that way, where Saints Row just evolved by continuing to be weirder and weirder and funnier and funnier. And it just, it stopped. And obviously, the comparison to Grand Theft Auto, back in the day, it was more intentional. I imagine when they thought they were making a, 22 ver a, a 2022 game in the Saints Row series, when the last Grand Theft Auto game came out in, I think, 2013, that they might get away from those comparisons. But Grand Theft Auto Online is, is still alive and well, and... Even though you do more things and more ridiculous things in Saints Row, it's still more fun to do those same things in Grand Theft Auto Online. Right. And I think that's what a lot of people forget, is when they talk about how weird and ridiculous Saints Row games are, Grand Theft Auto is also weird and ridiculous sometimes. <laughs> like, like, you're not playing it straight 100% of the time in Grand Theft Auto either. So... I don't know. This game just doesn't do nearly enough to separate itself. I would also say Grand Theft Auto has the... It's written so much better because it can play it straight sometimes. Right. Saints Row can never play it straight. Or at least this one can't. Um, yeah. And it tries. It tries a couple of times and it falls on its face every time. And maybe part of that is just because of, you know, having players create their own characters. So every character... <laughs> It's hard to take a main character seriously when he has, you know, neon green hair. 
<laughs> yeah. A neon green mullet, and he's wearing a, a sequin blazer and a crop top. And it's also not even like... Like, a lot of games have that problem. Like, I've built really stupid characters in From Software games, and that made it harder to take them seriously. But, like, in this game, they they want you to make ridiculous characters. They wouldn't give you the options in the character creator that they would. Which, I'll give it this. The character creator is quite good in this game. It has a lot of options. It lets you change characters in ways that a lot of other games don't. It lets you definitely like see yourself more in a game than I think a lot of others do. But at the same time, you can also give yourself, you know, a a blonde or not even blonde, like golden mullet. So of course I did that. <laughs> like so <sighs> Eleven years removed from Saints Row the Third's character creator. No, no, no. I just think Saints Row has always had fairly good ones in terms of really opening up the possibilities. This one doesn't really feel like it does anything significantly more ridiculous other than letting you pick which emoji covers up your your private parts. <laughs> yeah. But let's not just let's not just have this whole episode be dogpiling this game. Like what are some actually positive things here? Because I dislike this game, but I didn't hate every moment I played it. There were at least a few quest lines that I that I genuinely enjoyed. There's a whole LARPing questline where the whole idea is that almost everyone in this city is in on this giant live action role play and it's kind of Mad Max inspired, but also Game of Thrones where there's, I think, four factions kind of mirroring the different factions that you have in the main story with the different gangs and they really commit to it. I think it's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, those were really cool quests. I think they were actually like pretty funny, and they offered a good variety of content too. Most quest lines, unfortunately, have you doing the same thing over and over and over again. But that one in particular, like every mission, felt pretty unique, which was cool. It still does run into the same trappings of a lot of the missions are just go here and kill people. But at least in this mission, instead of killing people with regular guns, you're using dart guns. And they're just pretending to die. And when you do your finishers, uh, sometimes you walk up to people and, and pretend to pull their heart out. And then they fall down dead. Yep. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. And like that's the kind of, that's the kind of dumb stuff I want from Saints Row. So the game is sort of split into regular quests and then your business ventures. Or criminal ventures, I think is what they're technically called. The main quests actually aren't bad. There are definitely some that are, but like largely I enjoyed them. You know, they are a lot of go to place, kill a guy, but most shooters are in some capacity. Uh, the criminal ventures were really hit or miss. I think the most fun you can have with the game is in the ventures, but they're really inconsistent. Some of them are really fun and unique. Some of them are drive this large truck to this location and for some reason, the really fun and interesting ones will be like two missions. And then the one where you have to drive the big truck slowly is 14 missions. And I don't know who decided that there should like just put so many repeating missions like that. But it really ruins what could be an actually cool part of the game. Because the ventures, that's totally up to you. You pick where they are. You pick what type of business it is. They open up like several different missions. You could potentially go out and do it at any given time. 
that contributes to your passive income, which can let you, you know, expand other facets of the game. Like, there's actually, like, some cool ideas there, but then they just make you do the same mission way too many times on multiple occasions. I feel like a lot of this game, and from what I've seen, I mean, we've only, we've been playing it for around two weeks at this point. I think it's just about as long as it's been out. There doesn't really seem like there's that much content, even with all of the criminal ventures, is something that I've kind of noticed. I think that the reason some of them are more bloated, and it's the ones that are more time-consuming and boring than the others that are bloated, is just because like they wanted to stretch out the content for a little bit longer, but they didn't have a good way to do it. Yeah, yeah. I the the bloat in this game is is wild. Because there are like fourteen criminal ventures, I think. I was thinking even more than that, but yeah, something in that ballpark sounds right. It's not a, it's not a huge number. And and like you mentioned, like some of them are only two or three missions and others are 14 truck driving missions. I'm not even very far into the game and there are still just like so many map icons that most of them I don't even know what they are and they're not worth doing most of the time either. Something I noticed earlier that seems all the time but is really bugs me is when you're in a mission, it like, it like makes a new instance of the game. I guess it's the correct way to say it. Like, it's not like you start the mission and then it just like pings a location. Like it loads for a second and you're back in the map. And all the icons of all the random, like stupid things around the map you can do, like go to this area and kill these enemies. All those icons are still there. But if you go to those areas to do those things while in a mission, you can't. Something that really gets on my nerves. I, I don't mind if it's during a mission. Like, during the mission, generally, you have something more pressing that you need to do. The issue I have is the way that you start missions in this game is you, you pull out your phone, you go to the missions tab, and you select a mission, which is always, it's started by a phone call with one of your crew members. And every single one... And not every single one. No, no, no. Yes, it is. Literally every single mission requires you to go somewhere else on the map from where you are, <laughs> almost. And instead of, like, letting you teleport or fast travel that place, since you're already considered to be in a mission... No fast travel while Let me just mission. start over this idea. <laughs> My issue is that whenever you go into your phone and you start a mission, you're completely locked into doing that mission. Everything else in the map gets turned off, like Jackson said, but you also can't, like, access your garage or fast travel anywhere. And it's especially frustrating if you are somewhere besides your base, you start a mission, and normally, if you're not in a mission, you can fast travel to your base, but you start the mission, and it's like, hey, come to the base, and then you can't fast travel to the base because you're in a mission. And the bigger like, problem is it doesn't tell you where a mission is going to be until you've started that right. phone call. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you'll be at the base by default because like half the missions start there. So like, I'll go there first. And then it'll be like, oh, hey, actually, you need to come to this place that's three kilometers away. And there's a much closer fast travel there, but you just can't use it. And so, I absolutely hate the driving in this game. So this really bugs me. I think the driving is fine. Or it's... It never bugged me, but I will say it's about the only mechanical aspect of the game that didn't. <laughs> I I mean, it definitely is not the worst mechanical aspect of the game, but I feel like it doesn't function well. The biggest thing is, like, it feels like 
you have no momentum. Like if you start a drift, you're still in the drift while you're holding the button. But like as soon as you let go of the drift button, it's just you're going straight again, which isn't how that works in any other games. You're still going to slide a little before you're going straight again. <laughs> Jackson, I'm, I don't mean to be rude on this one, but if that's your biggest complaint about the driving, then the driving's fine. Like, I think that actually helped because it made it easier to like drift into lanes and like still be able to navigate around oncoming traffic. Yeah, I feel like you can really get into a rhythm with it after a while. I mean, if you're playing Forza and then you're playing this, then obviously it's going to be a huge downgrade. Well, yeah, I don't I don't expect it to, you know, function like Forza, but GTA 5 is almost 10 years old and has 10 times better driving than this game. Yeah, it does sort of like it falls into this weird ground where it's not as precision based as an actual racing game, but it also isn't as like unique or stylistic as Grand Theft Auto's driving. So it definitely just like it's not that it's not that I feel it feels bad, it's just boring. Yeah. And like there are multiple times where I've hit something like small in the road, like a cardboard box and it I just go like flying. Like why? Giant palm trees get completely destroyed by your car a hundred percent of the time. But if you run into a stack of tires there's no hope for you. Nope, you're done. Your car is going to explode, and you're going to go flying through the windshield first. <laughs> but if you yeah. do it on a bike, you're going to be completely fine somehow. Speaking of bikes, and I, I pointed this out to I pointed this out to Jordan during the stream last night. For some reason, when you're on a bike in this game and you're going below a certain speed, the controller just constantly vibrates. I noticed that today. Yeah, I was so confused what was happening. I guess it's supposed to be like simulating the engine or something, but the problem is no other vehicles do this. It's only when you're going below a certain speed and it's it's kind of weirdly irregular. It it just feels weird and it's really loud and annoying. I do think a lot of this game's biggest problems are just poor design, but there's also some really significant ones that are just really bad stylistic decisions prioritizing all of the wrong things one thing they definitely should have put more into is the shooting because the gunplay in this game is atrocious like possibly the worst that i have played definitely in like two full console generations it's so weird because just about everything this game does is things that grand theft auto 5 does similarly but also significantly better yeah because they're both yeah. going for, like, this de-emphasized aiming kind of idea. I mean, nowhere near the levels of Red Dead Redemption 2 with its, you know, single dot. But it's clear that they didn't want there to be too much, uh, like, too much on the screen when you're in a gunfight for some reason. Yeah, there's definitely, like, a simplicity, I guess you could say. But it also just makes it to where all the guns kind of feel the same. None of them feel good. None of them do enough damage except for like sniper rifles, I guess. And like, I I don't know. The Like every fight is just look at, in an enemy general direction. Let the auto aim aim for you and then just hold fire until they're dead. But like the aiming is also so bad and feels so, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, 
aiming just feels bad. I'll put it that way. That even if you wanted to avoid relying on auto aim, I genuinely don't know if you could. <laughs> you yeah. What's really annoying is that the auto aim has higher priority over you actually moving the stick. Right. So sometimes if an enemy is moving towards you or something like that, and you're trying to move the stick up so you can aim at their head, the game won't let you. It's like, no, I'm already locked onto their chest. That's where you're shooting. But shooting people anywhere other than the head does no damage in this game. And sometimes shooting people in the head does no damage. Some enemies will have like armor. And that means basically means they have double health and you can't do finishers on them. Some enemies will not have armor, but have more health than enemies with armor. You don't really know until you start shooting just how spongy the enemy is going to be. Yeah, because the health bar looks the same no matter what. There are multiple times where guns have just done no damage at all. Like on basic enemies, just because bugs. Yeah. When they're dodging, they have iframes. If you, that's what you're talking no, about. No, no. Like, standing still. No, just bugs. Oh, okay. Uh, for instance, during the mission where you're in sort of like a battle royale sort of thing, um, I got a revolver in, like, near the beginning of that mission. And there was an enemy just standing still, shooting at me. And I was shooting him, and nothing was happening. Yeah, I've definitely had a couple of times where specific enemies, and on one occasion, every enemy, was just invincible. Not really sure what that's about. I also had a mission where it was spawning like an absurd number of enemies. And it was one where you had to use a specific weapon as like a trial thing. But like it was spawning way more enemies than I could possibly keep up with with just one weapon that had a very slow fire rate. And then I reloaded it and it spawned the second time with like one fifth of that number of enemies, which felt like the correct amount. This game is also kind of weird in that you, you'll pick up weapons as you go. Uh, just like off the ground from enemies, which is pretty standard. But the game doesn't really make it clear whether you own those guns or not. (laughs) So there was a shotgun I picked up in like the first or second mission, and I used it alongside the the pistol that I had started with for a lot of the game. And then one of the missions, you lose all your weapons. And I went to go re-equip my shotgun. It was just like, oh, you don't own that. Yeah, I've used it the whole game. Yeah, because there's, there's a mission early on where you have your pistol, a shotgun, and a rifle. And, like, the shotgun and pistol, like, you've had for a few missions. And the rifle you just got. Um, but when you complete the that mission, you have a pistol and an assault rifle now, for some reason. So I don't know if they really know what's going on here. I just wish <sighs> it would make it more clear whether a weapon in your inventory was actually something you owned or if it was just something you picked up. I, I actually, I want to <sighs> touch on that Battle Royale-esque mission because I think it sums up a lot of the issues with this game. So that mission, the whole point is there's basically this island um, where some dude runs a game for criminals to just come and test their strength. Like, there's just weapons everywhere for the criminals to just be number one. So... The whole point is you're going to this island so you can like show like you're pretty good at this. So you recruit more people to the saints. Yeah. The whole thing is televised is an important. Yeah. It's like live streamed and like criminals see it all the time. So like the whole point is like you're going to go into this and you're going to be number one so you can recruit a bunch of people. And like in concept, it sounds like a pretty cool mission, but you get into the mission and it's garbage. (laughs) Uh, for instance, the first weapon you get 
um, is a sword, which half the time just won't hit enemies for some reason. It it just won't work. Like it, it seems cool. You're getting this giant claymore, but no, it just doesn't work. Have you considered why that claymore is the first weapon they give you? But when the entire sword is swinging through someone and it's doing no damage, I think there's an issue there. And then it, I think you just ran into a lot of bugs because I maybe it's it's weird because almost all of your complaints that I've heard over the past two weeks are not things that I encountered at all. I encountered my own bugs like during the stream where Jordan and I went into oh. a mission and my character was just a posing. Yeah, we had one where his character was a posing both times we went into it and we just couldn't do that mission because of it. Then we had another mission. We had to like start over like five times because one of the two of us, a random one, would just die every time we loaded into it. Hmm. Like, it's been a mess. We definitely saw a lot more bugs yesterday playing together than I've experienced up to that point. Before that, the worst I experienced was I had the same mission that crashed while turning in the mission two times in a row. So I had to do one particular mission three times, which was definitely frustrating. But that was... That was like the absolute worst of it in my experience. I didn't run into any notable bugs other than the ones with Jordan. And those were captured on stream, so. I I pretty much exclusively used a pistol the whole game. Yeah, so far, the, shotgun. so far the base pistol is the weapon I've had the most luck with. It is the only one that feels... It stays that it's way. It's the only one that feels accurate, and it's the only one that feels like it does a reliable amount of damage. I bought a revolver yep. in the shop. Which was pretty cool. And I, I didn't notice that it made enemies go flying until we were playing on stream. They take off when they get hit with that thing and if they go down. Enemies don't react to getting shot. Like, you'll shoot someone in the head and then they're still just fine. I don't know. That's a problem in a lot of games. So I don't feel like that's really something I should hold against Saints Row in particular. There are too many enemies for this game, which almost completely focuses on guns, that just run up to you. Yeah. So many of them just try and come and hit you with a bat or whatever. Thankfully, a lot of the time, since they're like just red bar enemies, you can just use your finisher on them. But then you run into the problem of uh, the finishers suck. Yeah, I, they're fine animation wise, but you don't do anything during them. You can just put your controller yeah. down. Well, my problem is they take so long. Yeah. On the stream yesterday, Jason described this game as being self-indulgent, and I think that was that sums up a lot of the problems with this game stylistically. There's just there are so many animations that take way too long when they're not actually that interesting. And there are a lot of scenes in this game which try and sort of put the characters on a pedestal, but they also just aren't especially good or interesting characters. They're fine. But they're not like deserving of reverence, like the game wants you to, like to give to them. Like it's just they're fine. <laughs> the game really wants me to like Kev, whose entire personality is just I don't wear a shirt. Yeah. And also he cooks. But they don't really do anything with that. They only that only comes up like three times, and it's normally just like an offhand joke about like, I could cook this food. Like there's kind of a running joke about how he's dated like everyone in town. Or, like, he has, like, this huge network of exes that I like, but it only comes up a couple times, too. Yeah, and only really as, like, a joke. Never, like, it, none of his exes really come into the story, at least from what I've played, which I, I do have, like, three more story missions I haven't played. So that could change, I guess. But, yeah. You know. 
Well, I think it's funny because he's still on like good terms with all of them. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. any any time, there's never like any animosity. It's just like he is he has a lot of exes. They're all still friends or something like that. You don't meet any of them. Now, I, I kind of want to circle back to we were talking about the criminal ventures earlier, which are just operations you can set up around the city that are different fronts or different ways of making money in an offhanded way. And I think that there is a specific type of gamer that will actually like this game because if you are handling the ventures the right way and you're prioritizing them and you're willing to do some of the tedious quests that are associated with those, I think that there's actually something here that's almost like an idle game, like a cookie clicker or an adventure capitalist type game. Or a GTA V. Well, yes. But specifically, if you prioritize, like, I want to start X, Y, and Z business, and it's going to take a while, and for some reason, Y business is going to require driving 14 toxic waste trucks uh, all over the city. But if I do that, then that means my passive income will go up to, you know, X amount of dollars per hour, and then I'll be able to use that money to buy this other venture, which will give me, you know, 50000 more per hour if I do all these quests. And, like, I think if you really get invested in that side of, like, growing the Saints Row Empire, I think there are definitely people that could enjoy this game for that. But what's holding that back is that this game starts off horribly. Like... The intro to this game is an absolute mess. <laughs> and it takes about three hours of just wading through that mess before it even becomes fine. <laughs> and even then, you have a couple more hours of fine before you open up that stuff. It doesn't even do those things as well, though. I mean, look at... Compare the opening mission of this game to the opening mission of Saints Row 4. They're both similar in ideas where you're like, a government agent going to take down some evil mastermind. The one in this game ends with a fist fight on top of a VTOL, which is fine and cool. The one in Saints Row 4, which is in a lot of ways very similar, ends with <laughs> your character seemingly sacrificing their life to stop a nuclear missile from launching while don't want to miss a thing by Aerosmith is playing. <laughs> And then at the end of that mission, you fall from the sky into the Oval Office of the White House, and you're the president now. <laughs> Just because you're there. Now that's art. But also, like, you mentioned the Criminal Ventures being, you know, something fun to, like, build up and stuff like that. There's nothing to build to except more Criminal Ventures. But, like I mentioned, there's only, I think, like, 15. And it doesn't seem... Like, there's really anything to do with your money once you have all of them. Um, I mean, compare this to Grand Theft Auto Online, where you can do the similar building up your criminal empire thing. It is a lot more tedious in Grand Theft Auto Online. You can do it with friends, so kind of, I don't know. It evens out. Grand Theft Auto is still better. But, <laughs> but also, when you get a million dollars in Grand Theft Auto, you can spend that money on a new car or maybe you want to buy a yacht or an apartment to live in. There is nothing to spend money on in this game except customizing things. 
which even then the guns you get just from the story are good enough and the customizations are just like clothes by and large yeah and a lot of the really good clothes are fairly cheap anyways from my experience i haven't changed clothes like the whole game an all gold suit then you probably have to go to the store where everything costs a million dollars but whatever um there's also the issue of you would probably save a lot of the post-game content for the end of the game uh and as we showed on the stream that trivializes a lot of the stuff at least when we were just going around doing all the threats um, at yeah. the end of the game, you get a, a VTOL. You know, it's a, a a jet that you can hover with, basically. It, it does a vertical takeoff. And it can fire rockets and has, like, a charge laser. Like, it can yeah. just level enemies like it's nothing. We were just going from map marker to map marker. And then using the, the guns on the VTOL without even getting out of it to take out all of the threats, which massively increases your... your uh, passive income. Yeah, your passive yeah. income. And it just wasn't fun. But you know what? When I was doing them on foot, they also weren't fun. Yeah. They're not fun if you're in the plane, but at least they're fast. (laughs) Like we were doing like five in like two or three minutes. Whereas if you were on foot, it would take you five minutes per threat. And they're almost all the same thing. There's, There's one where you have to destroy a police van. And it's always the only van in the area. (laughs) Yeah. There's one where you have to defeat a bunch of enemies. And then there's one, this is the one that takes the longest, where you have to destroy a bunch of the enemy's cars. That one takes the longest because sometimes not all of the cars spawn in. Yeah, we had recurring issues with that. But basically all of those can just be solved with the rockets because that's just going to level everything in the area. It's not fun. There's nothing engaging about it. It just, it makes me really ask, who is this game for? Because... Big, big Saints Row fans, which there weren't a ton, but they were out there, are so into that like crude sense of humor that the originals have that a lot of them are just calling this game like woke propaganda or whatever because it has black people and women that are in like normal human roles. <laughs> and like it also doesn't have any interesting gameplay hooks that would bring new fans in. So like I I don't I don't get it. I was I was talking to Jason about this yesterday. It would not surprise me if in 10 years we find out this game was only even made because of some licensing thing. Like they had to make a game called Saints Row within a certain amount of time with the last one or something. I <laughs> like, would almost like to think it's that, but if you look at Volition's yeah. track record, I mean before this they made Saints Row the 3rd again, which I'm pretty sure went poorly. Uh and they remade Saints Row 4 as well. Oh, did they? I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> yeah. That didn't even make yep. news. Um, yeah. And then they had Agents of Mayhem, which was really bad. I played Agents of Mayhem. I will say this game is at least better than that. <laughs> but This game's like a solid 5 out of 10 in every category, where, where Agents of Mayhem was like a 3 out of 10 in every category. Like we've mentioned a million times, and it's impossible not to make this comparison, this game's biggest competition in terms of genre and everything it's trying to do is a game that came out in 2013 and is just so significantly better than this game that you wonder what was the point i feel like the reason a lot of this game is the way it is is because i mean it's it's the biggest thing with open world games in general recently which is just trying to appeal to everyone by giving 
menial content that, uh, as IGN would say, something there for everyone. <laughs> and I also feel like it's trying, it's trying to be like less over the top to be more in line with GTA. So the people that play GTA would then come and play this. I I think the reason it's less over the top is solely because they realized they didn't have anywhere to go. Where do you go from alien abductions and becoming the president of the United States and getting superpowers? That's the thing, though. Saints Row 4 set up the next game, and it just didn't do it. I don't even remember what it set up. They introduced the concept of time travel at the end of Saints Row 4, and then just never get to explore that. Like, that was the next thing, was taking the superpowers to, like, different major historical points in, like, different points in history. And it just, we didn't do that. Imagine pulling (laughs) up to ancient Greece with, like, a rocket launcher and a bunch of tanks, like... That's so much more compelling than what this game is. (laughs) Like... This game just doesn't want to have fun in the same way. I mean, like, even the stuff that's not... Like, I we've mentioned, like, a lot of the humor in the old ones is kind of offensive... But, like, even the stuff that's just fun, they didn't want to do. Like, Saints Row yeah. 4 ends with a giant dance party scene, like movies in the 90s did, <laughs> where it's just a song that has nothing to do with the plot, and all the heroes and villains are just dancing to the music, and it's just fun. I can't think of a scene in this game that I like as much as the uh, closing credits to the last one. I can't think of any scene... That is better in this game than literally any scene I can remember of the last game. <laughs> like, it's just, it's, there's no ambition here. And it'd be one thing if it was technically more proficient without the ambition. Because at least then it would be competent, even if it's boring. Mm-hmm. But this game is both incompetent and boring. <laughs> I don't, yeah, If you had told know. me after I played Saints Row 3 and 4 that the next game was going to be boring, I wouldn't have believed you. <laughs> This is, it's just a hard one because I feel like the game had such a colorful legacy and then just nothing followed up on in this game. Yeah. I'd almost like to see a, a and then Deadpool walked in style scene in the next one where the old saints just come and take over. Yeah. Like anything to just up the stakes to make it more exciting. Like anything. Although realistically with everything we know about volition and the fact that they were already not doing great even before this game failed you know pretty pretty hard critically and financially i don't i don't know that we're gonna see any more saints row for a while if it's anything like this one i hope not (laughs) or i hope so i I mean (laughs) this game is just like a really perfect example for what I and you know a lot of other people have been saying for a few years now where a game it's it's better for a game to be bad than boring at least if a game is bad at least if a game is bad there's a lot to talk about with it all I can talk about with this game is how other games did everything that it's done better and there are even examples where other games have done everything this game does better I will say if this game is actually some incredibly convoluted guerrilla marketing for grand theft auto 5 it succeeded because like the whole time i've been playing this game i've been thinking like i never gave grand theft auto 5 enough time (laughs) i don't really know what else to say about this one it's just it's a disappointment across the board nothing about it is 
unbearably bad, but there is also nothing good enough about it to motivate me to play anymore. I only have like an hour left, so I might play to the credits, but I'm not doing any more than that. Yeah, it's it's just it's just boring. It's not bad. There it's not like some of the jokes are funny, you know, like there are fun missions in the game. It's just so bland. Yeah. I and so boring. I tried to like it. Like there were multiple times where there would be like a mission that I thought was cool, but then it would just get followed up by something that was awful. So then I would just like just want to play anything else. I I said it on the stream yesterday, but I think a good a good way to summarize my feelings about this game is that for everything that I like, there is something I strongly dislike. And then 10 things I just don't care about. <laughs> yeah. Like, for sure. Five of those are Kevin. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Kevin's not even the worst one. He's, uh, he's probably the most likable, honestly. <laughs> no, Nina is the most likable by a huge margin. I think Nina is the only character in this game that I would enjoy seeing in another game. What about the boss? The iconic character, the boss. I know what you're, I know you're complaining about this. You need to know that in the other four Saints Row games, the character was also just named the boss. What? Because you're the boss of the Saints. You're the you're in charge of the Saints. You're the leader. And the you boss. can't really do it. You can't really do a named character when you can play a character that's any race, any gender. They could be one of six different voices. <laughs> like it's hard to do a named character in a game like this, unless you just want to totally abandon the character creator you know, vis-a-vis Grand Theft Auto V. Yeah, and I feel like it would lose some of the appeal without, you know, having an over-the-top character with a spiky green mohawk. I just, I didn't feel like any of the other characters were over-the-top enough to match my character. Yeah. I just didn't make my character very over-the-top. My character's pretty normal. They uh, they have purple hair uh, highlights in their hair, and that's basically it. Which voice did you go with? Jason and I... We both made our characters like almost top to bottom the same. Yeah, <laughs> like, my hair was green instead of gold. Yeah, that was like the only significant difference. Uh, we both went for like the country voice, and like I I made my character more country than he did. Like I wore cowboy boots and a cowboy hat, and like I I looked a lot like the character Atticus, who just uh, also yeah. is a significant character in the game. Like, I was a little too much like him, honestly. I didn't look as old, but, like, otherwise very similar in terms of how I sounded and how I dressed, and I even had a big prominent mustache. <laughs> I didn't think that this game has fun of voice options either. You know, like, Saints Row the Third, you could have a zombie voice. And then Saints Row Four, the special voice was just Nolan North. <laughs> this one didn't really have... All the voices were kind of, like, normal on some level. I miss the zombie voice because the scene, stuff. the scene where you are singing uh, what I got with one of your one of your crewmates is very good in Saints Row the Third. And when we say it's a zombie voice, literally every line of dialogue is replaced with just like a guy mumbling like a zombie for the entire game. I do kind of want to replay Saints Row the Third. Yeah, I've been thinking about it, especially since I noticed that it's on Game Pass or not Game Pass, but PlayStation Plus. It is the crappy remaster, but who knows if they've made any improvements on that. Yeah, I think I'm I'm going to play a little bit of it. Um and then, you know, maybe maybe next episode or something like that. I'll I'll give an update. I'm just going to play Destiny 2. 
Yeah, we know. We <laughs> thought about playing Destiny 2 yesterday because we got really bored. Um, but we didn't think it would be right without you there. <laughs> to finalize things, Saints Row, get our final thoughts across. I would recommend this game to you if you thought Grand Theft Auto V was too fun or too good <laughs> in any way. Yeah. If you were playing, maybe even if you were playing Grand Theft Auto 4 and you were like, ah, I'm having fun, I want to stop. But also, you want to dress your character up even more ridiculously. This is the game for you. <laughs> yeah. If you're... Or according to Jordan, if you want to play an idle game that takes up even more of your time and energy, yeah. um, this is yeah. the game for you. But honestly, I just wouldn't recommend this game to anyone. Which is a shame because I was actually looking forward to this game. I was, like, even when I heard that it wasn't good, I was looking forward to it because it sounded like it would be, like, enjoyable bad, but it's just it's just boring bad. Yeah. Uh, my final thoughts, um, if you're looking for a bad time, call 1-800-SAINTS-ROW. Yep, that's something. That sounds like the kind of joke that would be in the game. I know. Yeah. yeah. I can see it. <laughs> I really think if you're, like, dead set on playing this game that I would recommend waiting two or three months because i do think that they've been pretty quick about fixing bugs so i think the game will be in a better shape that in that capacity pretty soon also this is a volition game so it will probably be like half off like tomorrow <laughs> so you can also save yourself some money <laughs> so if you really really want to play it just wait a little bit longer i think it's worth it not worth it to play, but worth waiting if you choose, if you've already decided to play. It's worth waiting to play because then that's more time in your life in the good half. <laughs> if you played uh, any other game and you don't have any other game to play, read a book. Yeah, read a book. Read a book. <laughs> then come back and play this. If you're looking for a game that has an interesting story, fun gunplay, and pretty unique driving mechanics, might I recommend Destiny 2? Well, I think that's enough time with Saints Row. We've already given it more than it probably deserves. <laughs> We've definitely given it more than you're going to be able to edit into a good episode. Yep. So I think that means it's time to pull the plug. Jackson, what is something else you've been into? Okay, Destiny 2 time. So I'll give you a pass this time because we're talking about a new season. If it wasn't for that, I would not be talking about Destiny 2 right now. I'd be talking about Harley Quinn, but I'm waiting till I at least finish season one to talk about that on the podcast. So I'm talking about Destiny 2 this week. Uh, new season started the same day Saints Row, the same day Saints Row Bad came out. Um, and I've definitely put in more time to this than Saints Row because this isn't boring. They got a new subclass rework with Ark, and you can go real fast now. Go real fast and punch things, no matter what subclass you are. Yeah, that's right. Titans need uh, to step up their game now. <laughs> Someone else can punch. Uh, but yeah, new subclass rework's the big thing, but they also got pirates now. Yeah, last two seasons, it was like... You know, defending the light from being overtaken by the Witch Queen and confronting your past and going to therapy. And then this season's just treasure hunt, 
And I think it's a good break. You're hanging out with some pirates. Yeah, I, I think it's a good break. Um, it's pretty simple. There's definitely some like lore stuff that's being hinted at that'll come uh come up down down the road this season. Big thing this season, we got Fortnite. They added a Fortnite skin to each class in the game. <laughs> Warlocks. And I already bought it. I'm just waiting for it to be available for Bright Dust. No, I paid fifteen dollars. Yeah, for he it. paid fifteen dollars for it. They didn't add the John Wick skin. They didn't add. Jo- <laughs> they should add. They didn't. John Wick from Fortnite to Destiny. The the Fortnite one, not the good yeah, one. Yeah. That they added after. Uh, they also have the battle bus in the game in a certain location. Not gonna spoil where that is. You got to find it for yourself because it's more enjoyable that way. But yeah, not too much going on this season yet. It's only. It's only on its second week, about to hit its third week. So not next episode, but a good chance the episode after that. I'll come back to you with more Destiny news. Hopefully I'll have something different to talk about. I've played more of this season than I did either of the last two seasons, and it's only two weeks in. Jason, what have you been doing? Well, you know, I'm actually kind of stealing something that we've all been doing. Because, uh, you know, ever since we stopped all living at the same place, we've also stopped playing video games together. At least for the most part. Yeah. Uh, and recently we've been playing like Destiny and Fortnite together fairly regularly. And that, that's been pretty fun. Don't really have too much to say about it, but Fortnite's a lot more fun when you have like a full squad. Definitely than for when sure. playing alone. We win a lot more as a squad than we do playing alone, <laughs> which I know is partially just the fact that you are there's, I guess it's like a 75% higher chance of it happening just on principle, but. <laughs> But I like playing as a squad a lot. Like, Fortnite solo is a completely different game than Fortnite with a squad. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Even, like, even Destiny is very different, like, playing, like, having a full fire team than just, like, solo. Yeah. And Jackson and I are really bad at the game. But Jordan and Abby are both good at the game. So it makes up for it. But other than that, we've also been playing some of the dungeons in Destiny. We've been doing, we've done, like, three this week. They've all gone pretty well, except for the third one, which we got stuck on. We haven't finished it yet. That was the only one that I didn't know all the encounters to guide them through it yet. So we got stuck and gave up and haven't played it in three days. The dungeons are a lot. They're more fun than I thought. They're The objectives are kind of obtuse sometimes, but like... They require a destiny mindset to understand sometimes. Yeah. But I think like overall, they're, they're like a pretty good way of upping the challenge and the reward in a satisfying way. I like how they kind of mix in like traversal challenges with the combat stuff. There's one section in a dungeon we haven't played yet that I don't really want to spoil because it's really fun. That is probably my favorite encounter in any of the dungeons, but it is extremely difficult, (laughs) but it is so fun. And it's like, it's a traversal thing. You got to dodge a bunch of enemies while getting from point A to point B, but it is so fun. A lot more fun than any of the combat challenges in Saints Row. (laughs) Bringing it back. Hey, yo. <laughs> All right, Jordan. Me and Jason both mentioned how bad uh, Saints Row were and are pulling the plug segment, so you got to do the same. Well, so I've been playing this game Saints Row, and it's bad. Uh, no, I want to talk about a show, and the reason I want to talk about it is not because it's good, but because it's like the most perplexing show that I can think of. I'm talking about NBC's Superstore. (laughs) So Superstore walks the line between being hilarious 
and just downright cringy in the weirdest possible way. Like, literally shifting scene by scene, it's like the perfect way of satire, like satirizing my experiences as a retail worker and then shifting to just being unwatchable, like with one cut. <laughs> like, this show is absolutely bonkers, y'all. I watched the first couple of seasons while they were airing and really loved it. But now that I'm rewatching it, there have been episodes I've had to just stop mid episode. Cause it's just like, I can't take how awkward this is. <laughs> like the secondhand embarrassment in that show sometimes is just wild. Well, I think that that just about does it for another episode of the totally biased media podcast. If you would like to reach out to us, there's a couple different ways you can do that. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter at TBMCast, on Instagram at Totally Biased Media. You can send an email to totallybiasedmedia at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitch, streaming at twitch.tv slash totallybiasedmedia. We would love to hear suggestions about what we talk about in the future, uh, what games we get into, things you like and dislike about the show, our format, our style, our sense of humor. And don't base it on this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go back and listen to our 50th uh, episode special. We talked about our favorite games of all time. It's a good time. It's two full episodes. It's like three and a half hours of content. And I did talk about <laughs> Destiny in both of them. Yeah, yeah we know. Yeah. The audience that yeah. hasn't seen it doesn't. No, I think they figured it out. They know we're going to talk about Destiny in some capacity every single episode. Uh but yeah, check it out. It was it was a good time recording it. We get into a lot of games. We would love to hear your favorite games of all time. You can send that to us on any of our socials or our email. But I think that just about does it for another episode of Totally Biased Media. Wait, that's how I start the outro. But for the Totally Biased Media podcast, I'm Jordan Walkup. I'm Jason Simmons. And I'm Jackson Walkup. You just felt the bias. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye.